Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cross Country Sports Podcast. This is episode 15, where we recap the aftermath that was the NFL Draft. And yes, we're doing this about two weeks late, so bear with us as we try to regain our thoughts about this awesome spectacle that happened. So with that being said, I'm Noah Friedman, that's Elijah Zalonki, and we welcome back Noah Gross, who joined us in the last episode about our NFL Podcast. How you doing, folks? We're good. We're good. I'm great. I don't. I don't know if you were referring to the people that were listening or you. I care about everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. I of course hope that these wonderful hosts are doing well. But to the listeners, the millions and the millions, as the Rock would say, I hope you are also all doing well. And I hope for your prospective fan bases, I hope you're satisfied with your drafts. That that is a bold that is a bold hope, Noah, because I'm sure a lot of them are fans of. The Green Bay Packers or another team who did not have sure, a good draft. Sure, 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 or sure. Or Eagles sure. fans. Well, the Eagles actually, they made a couple of good picks, I think. Well, but, oh, uh, trust me, I have opinions on those. Oh, yeah. But uh, how do y'all feel? Like, how do you feel about how the draft went? Some of some of our mock was right, obviously. You know, we got Kyle Pitts right going to Atlanta, which is big. Um, you know, we got, uh, obviously, first two picks were right. I think we were all surprised about Trey Lance going three to San yeah. Francisco a little bit. I wasn't because um, I had him in my mock, so. Well, excuse me. But I had, um, I did, I ultimately thought Fields would go at three to San Francisco, but he ended up going to my Bears at 11, and I could not be more hyped about that. Which I, I do um, understand the rationale because so the logic for taking Fields over someone like Jones is that Fields has the higher ceiling. That is the logic. Right. I would I personally believe, and this is the argument, I both this is the argument and I agree with it, is that Lance is the one who has the higher ceiling than Fields, while Fields floor ability to play right away is much higher. Lance is the biggest prospect. But if he hits his potential, his potential will make him better than Fields. So I understand San Fran under saying, well, we've got potentially the best offensive head coach in football. We've got a lot of weapons around us. We know how to build. Let's get the guy who can make us the best. I understand that rationale. Yeah, I get it. I just, I I mean, I think that the difference talent-wise between Lance and Fields is ultimately negligible, though. Like, I think when it comes down to it, like, they're pretty much the same skill set-wise. Um, what I like more about Fields is just like the way he's played in big games is definitely appealing. But like, I also I really like both quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah. I liked all four. That's a great uh, quarterback class overall. Yeah, I, really I, I'm, not Mac Jones guy. I'm not a big Mac Jones guy, but no, like, I still think he'll do a fine job in New England. Like, I don't think yeah. he'd be a bad. Quarterback. He went to the best place he could possibly go, in my opinion. Yeah, One probably. Of. I mean, I, I think I think Lance probably got the best deal in the draft because he sure, went but so, the, so Fields. Lance and Jones needed different things. The things that Fields needed were best suited for San Francisco. The things Jones needed were, poten- I believe, were best suited for a place like New England who had the coaching or potentially for his arm, somewhere like New England where he'd have Sean Payton and Clayton and Dome, somewhere like that. Yeah, I could feel that. I mean, it is. A lot of teams went to went to really good fits for them, which makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. I like yeah. that, you know. We're going to be able to call him Soldier Fields, which is just perfect. Like Merch, just, baby! I mean, like, I know that there are a lot of stadiums called Field, but, like, it works best for Soldier Fields, right? Sure, you know, of course. Football, it's, it's football is a war microcosm, right? So we got our Soldier going out there 
leading the way. Soldier Fields. I just so, think that's it's just going to be perfect. And and I and I and I like that you mentioned this because it goes completely off the grid. But when the Bears go take on the Lions this year at Ford Field, and Justin Fields has a great game, would we have to call that stadium Ford Field Fields? I think I think something along those lines. But that's kind of my point. Like if you went to play, if you went to play at the Link, we wouldn't call him Lincoln Financial Fields, right? Like, but Soldier Fields. Just like there's something about it that flows, like LP fields, like that doesn't work. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he goes on Thanksgiving to play the Lions, then yeah, I guess we could call it Ford Fields a little bit. Whatever, I don't care as long if as you he's, ever do a special segment where you host questions from fans. You could call it like fielding questions. There, I feel like there's oh. something there to work with. The, the Bears like probably that. have that perspective. His last already. name is uh, both, yeah. Yeah. both a plural noun and an action verb, so it's really nice. Even though, as we said on the as last we all know, this podcast, is a grammar podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is a English 101. This is English 101 lit. It's Elijah's long teaching us grammar. That is why we're here today. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, what were you saying, Friedman? I was saying, in terms of just the fact that Fields is now in Chicago, and you talked about. Lincoln financial field as well. That's another thing I wanted to pivot to in terms of things I liked about the draft, the former connections that are now going to be playing in the pros. And oh, yeah, one of them is time. Noah Gross's Eagles very getting Devonte Smith, which is just amazing as he's linked with his former Alabama teammate, Jalen Hurts. We could talk about the other ones in a little bit as well with Trevor Lawrence being reteamed with Travis Etienne in Jacksonville and we can also uh, talk about Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddle in Miami. Oh yeah. But since we have to talk about our teams, I want to talk about Devontae Smith and how the Eagles basically went up and got him. And that's home run of a draft pick. No, I mean, come on. Yeah, right? I love the pick. So the first thing, I don't want to be this guy, but I believe that the quarterback wide receiver college connection, I believe there are less than 10 completions between them. My understanding is how how <laughs> yeah, my understanding is how how Tua kind of came in in the championship and took over next season. Combined, there were about ten passes completed. That being said, I think Back being in the, the same thing. system, coming from the same coach, being under the same schemes, they will have a better understanding of how to communicate with each other. I think it's still valuable. It just isn't quite the same as Burrow and Chase, who put up redonkulous yards together. You know what I mean? It's, but overall, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal pick. They had to give up a third round pick to go and get him, which is frustrating because it's only two spots. But A, you are jumping in front of a division rival. And B, the team you're trading for knew exactly who you were going for and knew if they didn't get your pick, he was going next. So you can't quite say, well, in other parts of this, it only took a fifth and a bit. It's just different. So a third-round pick is a lot. But that being said, they were smart to use Indianapolis's pick from the Carson Wentz trade, which is about 20 spots lower. I thought it was a really smart move, even my disagree with what they did in the third round eventually but the Devonte smith pick is a phenomenal pick the concerns about his size are valid to a degree but overall are overblown could he potentially have lingering injury issues yes but he never has could his size be a problem sure but it never has all of the questions about things that have been problems for him he's kind of already answered can he do it at the next level i don't see any reason why not and i think that he has Maybe not the best coaching staff around him, but I think that the organization as a whole has learned, look, we need to make it as easy for the quarterback as possible. So 
that he will be he will benefit from that. I think we'll have a multitude of roles this year. I think Nick Sirianni is a someone who may not necessarily deserve the job, but he has it. And I think he's capable of at the very least getting him involved more than they did last year with first round pick Jalen Rager, um, who quite frankly was sort of a bust and we all know who went exactly after him. It's been one year. Give Rager a break. I know, I know. And he had the broken thumb. And on his, year, but dude. no, no, I get it. But to see, but for the for all 31 teams to say, Jefferson's better than Rager. Your team didn't go Rager's better than Jefferson. And then the and then the universe will show you, oh no, 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 it was Jefferson. But that being said, well, we're talking about Devontae Smith. No, I get it. Rager's got a job. Rager is the number two receiver now. Right. And I think combined their their skill sets, some think they're similar, but they actually sort of offset each other. And I think with Dallas Goddard in the middle, I think he's going to put up a top five tight end season. Devontae Smith loved the pick. Don't love giving up a third. Love the fact we got to go in front of the Giants. And oh yeah. Although and then the Giants, because they couldn't get Smith, they traded with the Bears. So right, really, exactly. So what, what an impact that had. Yeah. You know, what, like, what a what really, a really sort of worked out for everyone involved. Really worked out for everyone involved. And then I was and then I was frankly fine with who the Giants ended up taking. So it was a we prevented the Giants from getting a Parsons or a Devontae Smith or someone else who went in the next couple of picks that I liked. B we get Devontae Smith. So it's, we win for ourselves. We beat someone else. You know what I mean? It was just all around. It made sense. And frankly, I was stunned that Howie Roseman was willing, was willing to do it. Yeah. No, it I mean, great, he's known for his trades. No one in the league trades more than Howie. He's in the top three of trades since he took over. That being said, he has more or less shown in the last few years. He wants to go and get stuff, not give stuff up. And with the I contract I- situation being what it is, with the cap being as horrible as it is, I didn't think he was willing to surrender a premium draft pick and risk that future capital. And yeah. I also, I just wanted to mention too, this Jalen Rager argument. I mean, gross, at least you're not a Cardinals fan who drafted Andy Isabella before DK Metcalf and that whole scenario. Played. Oh, you're right. We did not take JJ Arthago Whiteside before DK Metcalf. <laughs> that definitely also didn't happen. Thank you, Friedman. Yeah. Why, did, why did everyone pass on DK Metcalf? <laughs> I don't understand. He ran like a 10, 3, 6 or something. Like, the measurables really were always impressive. insane. The criticism of him coming out, my personal criticism of him, I still thought he should have been a first-round pick. My personal criticism is at that sort of body, it's going to be hard to run real routes and sort of slow yourself down and get in and out of your brakes and run a lot of complicated route tree, which I think is sort of true now. Like, if you really watch his tape and his scores, they really only come on about three or four routes. But at his size, that's all he needs. I mean, he's basically like if Terrell Owens took a bunch of steroids. Okay, guys, enough about that. Let's shift to teams that we aren't actually fans of. Let's shift to who we think did the best in terms of their draft and specifically in the first round. And I'd like to throw in the name of the New York Jets, who had the number two overall pick. They picked Zach Wilson. We all knew this was going to happen. But they also traded up with the Minnesota Vikings. They took the Vikings number 14 slot and the Vikings moved back to 23 and the Jets drafted USC guard Elijah Vera Tucker. And I Ooh. thought that that was just a smash hit as well. And I want to Nailed hear your thoughts on the Jets really quick. Well, they got two Elijah's and only one of them spells his name. Right. But Hey, I've never, I mean, like I'm very impressed with that. So that's my first takeaway. And secondly, just like they really got a lot of good players at a bunch of key positions all across the board. I feel like they just like got a lot of value with their picks um, especially late in the draft, they got that linebacker who I'm blanking on the name, but Noah Gross will tell you his name. 
uh, when he when it's his turn to talk. Um, and I just think, you know, obviously, you know, getting their quarterback was big. Trading for Elijah Vera Tucker, a very versatile offensive lineman, is huge. Um, and then Elijah Moore, really outstanding receiver from Ole Miss. Um, I just think that they pretty much hit everything on the head. And, um, like, the future might actually look a little bit bright in New York. Um, Even though it's not New York, it's, it's New Jersey. I know, New Jersey. Everything is legal in New Jersey. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I'm, I'm pumping your own people. gas. Pumping your own gas is not not legal. Either. Oh boy, have I learned that lesson? What? That's actually. <laughs> you should hey, have seen me showing time. up in New Jersey, going, "I'm sorry, I just want gas." Please stop yelling at me. Oh my god. Well, Hamilton. But I digress. Anyway, uh, gross. How did you feel about this Jets draft? Because I think- I, I really loved their draft. You know, the early picks are sort of obvious, and and we also know Zach Wilson. We all sort of know what he is. I think that he will struggle the most to reach his potential of the quarterbacks, not because of his talent, because where he is. Show me the Jets outside of a weird kind of Rex Ryan era in the last 30 years where they've really been a functional organization. They just haven't, but I really hope that he can turn that around. Their Tucker, I love, you know, projects inside to guard, can play tackle in a pinch, and I thought he was probably the best just football guy of the lineman in the first draft, just someone who loves the game and understands blocking and body positioning. Elijah Moore, that shifty, not fast slot receiver who will create space underneath, like him a lot. Javante Willie, or excuse me, Michael Carter in the fourth round. He's got my North Carolina running backs mixed up there. Uh, in the fourth round, I believe they went up to get him. That's a steal. That's one of the steals of the draft. This guy can flat out fly. He'll run you over. I love Michael Carter. He was in my top five running backs coming into the draft. And then later in the draft, I loved how they came back in what I believe was the sixth round and grabbed the safety from Florida State, uh, Hamsa Narsaldine, I believe is how you say it. I really like his tape. Played more as sort of a single high box safety, but they have him listed on their website as a linebacker. So I'm really curious to see in that Robert Salad defense uh, just really what his job is. I think it's a really nice late round grab to potentially move around their lineup and play sort of a Chauncey Gardner Johnson role uh, down in New Orleans. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, I like yeah. I like him a lot. Uh, Hamsa Nazan, I believe his name is. Uh, lined up really has a specific, like just yeah, like him a lot. Role. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those guys who it's similar to last year for my Eagles. They took a Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. Different body types. Wallace probably about 15, 20 pounds heavier, which is why I was surprised on, on the Jets. I, the only reason I mentioned him being linebacker is on the Jets website. They have him listed as a linebacker at 186 pounds. I don't know a lot of linebackers that play at 186. So I imagine that's more of sore. That'll be more sort of Salah's defense. That sort of Joker star Bronco, everyone has a different name for it. Some call it at the Gators, who I follow, they call it the star position. That's what Chauncey played when he was at Florida. I see him potentially filling that sort of role. Uh, Fangio in Denver runs a similar system. I, I like I like the idea of calling it a Joker. It makes sense cards wise, right? Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. They're all sort of these are all sort of different terms that right. mean similar things, but it depends on what each specific coach wants them to mean. So the, what are the? Oh, go I was ahead. Say, the the way that you're describing this player is kind of like how I, I comped Eddie Jackson from the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Like Eddie was a more complete player, obviously, and a little bit bigger. But but I obviously, Eddie Jackson's a phenomenal player for the Bears. Yeah. Um, and again, it, that's a right. role of I – think, I think Eddie is a little bit more uh, – he's more of like a deep drop cover. And then you talk about, you know, someone like Jason Pinnock, the corner 
out of Pittsburgh, really talented, 185. That's I apologize. That's what I meant to say at 185. Got my <laughs> draft picks messed up. Nazaldine plays at like 215, 220. Uh, but Panox are Really defender play inside outside, probably more of a slot guy, but I think he's a really nice pick as well. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And yeah, Nashville is just a fun player. It reminds me Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Jalen Mills. You know, you're perfect in an awesome world. He becomes you know sort of a a, a Tyran Matthew type that sort of line up all across the back and more and make plays. They haven't listed as a linebacker, so you know maybe they'll be converting him. The Eagles doing something similar with uh, with uh, Kansas Clemson or out of uh, LSU rather. So. It's really interesting. That's one of my favorite sort of underrated, weird sport nerd things is safeties becoming linebackers and tackle transitioning to guards. And I just think it's fun how football does that. Oh, yeah. And it's really unique to football in a lot of ways, too, because, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like in baseball, there's very little. Well, I mean, in baseball, it happens, but baseball is such a weird sport. Uh, and hockey is pretty much just soccer, um, just like on ice. In basketball, you know, everyone plays offense, everyone plays defense. But in football, it's like there are very specific roles that people can play that can get them a job in the league for 10, 15 years. Sure. Um, and that's why and of, I, think you the, know. I think the Jets did a good job getting a lot of solid versatility this draft. Right. Uh, and totally. they, set, they set the tone for that with the Elijah Vera Tucker pick because he could pretty yeah. much play anywhere on the line. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think in my head – as someone who who played a significant amount in high school and then coached high school football for a couple of years, I think what you're talking about is a result of the specialization of younger sports. You have these guys that specialize in pitching or special, like, you know, you got kids that are six years old going to quarterback camps and going to seven on sevens. So I think football is really one of the only sports where even though there's still elements of it, it's where, look, if you draft a lineman, he kind of in today's football needs to be able to play at least two positions, if not three or four. Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. Like, there's a lot of... The days of carrying 10 linemen and having a backup priority spot are gone. Can you play two or three spots for me? And that's, I think, really exclusive to football because you have that with D, with the DB group, and Mario coordinator, the linebacker group. So, right. yeah. Um. So, who else do y'all feel like had a really good draft? Like, who are some of the winners? I mean, there, there's one team that I think is a very clear and obvious winner, um, I wonder like, who you think that is. I mean, don't make me say it, but um, I mean, obviously, like, I think that we should talk a little bit about the Bears draft because for one thing, they got their franchise quarterback. And for another thing, they got their franchise offensive tackle. So now they have a great pass rusher and a potentially great tackle and a potentially great quarterback, yeah, which absolutely. could be the recipe for a successful team. Um, now, as a fan i'm obviously a little biased but also i've never been this happy after a draft in my life i mean I, we got some players i liked last year and the year before but this past draft i've never been like nothing's ever made me so excited and that's because we made the move for a bona fide warrior at quarterback and i'm just stoked about it so how do y'all feel about the bears you know i like what the bears did um i thought the move to get fields was phenomenal in my mock i had him going to 11 had fields been on my board in my mock it would have been heel it would have been him and not jones as i had i thought it was a great move they gave up a lot i think it was worth every single penny i'm pissed that they had to do it to the giants but i'll take but it is what it oh, is yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. in, and in reality i think the jump they made considering what san francisco had to give up to go and get lance 
Bears fans, if you're one of the ones going, oh, we gave up, yeah, I'd say it's a pretty good deal. Oh. And I think for the first time, as and if I'm wrong, correct me, Fields has the potential to be a franchise quarterback the Bears really haven't had. They've had guys who have held, held, you know, held the quarterback position for five to eight years. They haven't really had guys that would go, oh, this is the guy we're going to build around for a decade plus. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, we lost one first-round pick to the Giants for a franchise quarterback. Though. Right. Like, that's not – like, that. that is a – that is, and then you get into the minutia. Oh, of, gave up a third, got back a fourth. Oh, those are mid-round picks. You never know with those. Yeah, exactly. And Pace's hit on his late-round picks throughout his tenure as GM, whether you like it or not. Bilal Nichols is a successful pick. Uh, David Montgomery's been a successful pick. Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, second rounder, but still looks pretty good because he's had so much success. He has the capital to trade back every now and then, or to trade up, um, just because he can trust his scouting department in terms of picking guys in late rounds. And I'm really right. excited about a lot of the depth pieces we got. We talked a little bit about Daz Newsome, really exciting receiver from North Carolina. Um, Super exciting. Also Tevin Jenkins. If you haven't watched his highlights, go Ooh, watch his fun to watch. Go watch Brett Coleman's breakdown of him because he is the nastiest offensive lineman I've seen in a long time. He's yeah. like, He's like he's not obviously he's not Quentin Nelson in terms of hype, but like he's got that mean streak in him of just like wanting to finish his opponent and bury him into the ground. And that is something I just love to see. So I gotta say, props to uh, my team for actually doing a really good job this time. That's who I really from? wanted to uh, Tevin James yeah. for the Colts because of his um, past line play um, with Oklahoma State, but that ended up not working out. Uh, okay. Hey, you got Eric Fisher, and you know I loved him coming out. He was actually the second-ranked prospect on my board above Rayshon Slater. I have been off Slater since day one. I think he'll be a really good guard. He is not a tackle, in my opinion, and I love Tangan State. He just hurts guys. He wants to put you in the dirt, and you know I think the pass blocking can be refined. And I think in a scheme yeah. like in like like he's going to be playing in in Chicago, that there's probably going to be a fair amount of play action and a fair amount of, of, of smash football in the cold of Chicago. Jenkins is just built for it. Oh, I, I'd, I'd hope so. It's all about Nagy though. If Nagy decides yeah. to commit to giving the ball to David Montgomery 25 times a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fields, Fields lives up to his hype. Then I think, I think we can win 10 games. Easily. Completely agree. Easily. Completely easily. agree. If, um, if you look back on the bears and quarterback play and say that Jim McMahon is probably the best quarterback in franchise history, post uh, AFL NFL merger, then that's a color. You, you, you know, you're doing something right. If you're hyped on fields and knowing that he might be the cornerstone of your franchise for the next 10 or 15 years, if he does end up playing for that long. Oh yeah. I have very little doubt about fields. Just even like the way he conducts himself, like, He's got like this quiet confidence about him. A lot of just like, just like the only word I could think of is swagger, but I don't mean it in like a, Oh, he got swag kind of way. I mean it in like a, he's just like, he carries himself very well. He's just very, he's very well composed. Um, he's, he's humble, but confident. And he just clearly works his ass off and he's been doing it a long time. Yeah. You know, I'm like pre-draft rumors. I thought they were crazy. Oh yeah. I, I know. Wait, oh, the rumors about him, like, not having football. Not having the heart and Orlovsky trying to create buzz. It was – I I thought it was nothing, you know what I mean? That's and to, to Peter's point – to speak to your point on his swagger, rather, 
I think it's sort of that quietest guy in the room who, when he speaks, everyone listens mentality. Oh, yes. I think he's yes. got that to him, that kind of that in the old West, the one guy who kind of puts the beard down and stands up and everyone looks at that to me, doesn't feel it's walking into the saloon and sort of, all right, everyone listen because I'm speaking now. Like he'll, he he'll give, his, he'll give his obligatory answers to the media when necessary. Sure, sure. But like, ultimately, he's the kind of guy who talks a little but says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I, I, I also I feel for. like I mean I, that's one one component of a good leader. Go ahead. For, I, I was gonna say I also feel like in terms of with Matt Nagy at the helm of the Bears, he finally has something to work with in terms of that quarterback position where he can find that elusive kind of guy who can roll out of the pocket. He he really has not had that in the time that he's been with Chicago, and. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he has though. No, has. I mean not to not to this point. I feel like really get anything out of Trubisky though. That's kind of my. But that's what I'm saying with the ceiling that Fields possesses. The fact that he's such a great dual threat quarterback and he has been throughout his career. I think that this is the first time where finally Nagy got his guy and can finally say, you know what, this is it. We're we're finally going to do this. This is finally how we're going to make the system work. And you know, he he didn't have Patrick Mahomes for all those years in Kansas City, but he was he was an Andy Reid guy. Uh, before that and well, yeah. Reed, of course has, has made Patrick Mahomes who he is so I feel like that comp could easily be the case as long as Felix well they're, they're clearly trying to do the same thing the Chiefs did back then right like right. the That's Chiefs had Alex Smith they had Mahomes learn from Alex Smith for a year and then Mahomes came and filled in the next year the Bears have that same dilemma with Andy Dalton now yeah. Andy Dalton for his career is better than Alex Smith statistically um, I I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't. I don't know if that still applies because Dalton's kind of had his um, injury issues. And Smith, not that Smith hasn't, but Smith hadn't at the time. But Dalton, I think if the Bears went with Dalton as the starter for, throughout the first season, I think that would actually be a very wise move. Um, even if Fields yeah. is the more talented player. I understand going with the experienced guy on a one-year deal for the sake of letting Justin Fields play the scout team, keep him out of the spotlight, let him, you know, let him develop at his own pace. Although knowing the way Chicago works, I mean, if Dalton sucks by week four, you know, we're going to be chanting, we want fields, we want fields. Um, But like just in general, um, it's kind of a, a, the, the most positive possible quarterback controversy in Chicago right now. Should Absolutely. we start, should we start this journeyman on a one year deal or should we start the the future? Like, should we go ahead and get the fields era under underway? Um, I'll take Nick Foles. <laughs> right? Hey, honestly, I mean, he's, he's the one who's hey. got the ring. People so. forget. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't think Noah could forget, but um, no, that's true. Regardless, I am very excited for Fields. Although I will say, like, I am nervous. Like, if I'm nervous about anything, it's Nagy's ability to develop him because Nagy couldn't get anything out of Trubisky. Um, well, he could get some stuff out of Trubisky, but not enough, clearly. Um, and I don't think I think Fields is better than Trubisky. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know if Nagy has it in him to elevate Fields. But I don't even know if he needs to because I think Fields is good enough. I think Fields might be intuitive enough to figure out the game um, in ways that Trubisky was not. So it's just kind of a, it's kind of a wait and see thing. And it's also kind of a very hard to, to judge. Like it's hard to know 
when a quarterback does well, if it's because of the coach or if it's because of the quarterback skill, sure, sure, sure. How much of a, you know, what the ratio is. But all I know is as a Bears fan, I'm hyped and I'm very excited with how this draft went. All I know is that as Nagy and Pace and all the Bears brats were celebrating, trading up and getting fields, whoever was running the Bears social media on the day that they tweeted QB1 for Andy Dalton's sake, yeah. is probably cringing to their core yeah. because oh, yeah. of the Fields pick. So as long as Fields is not the quarterback week one, hey, that's that really Bears, that that's Bears, a good smoke screen. I will say, it's it's definitely bet. bulletin board material for sure. Inside job. Oh. It was it was definitely like if Ryan Pace was like, I bet Ryan Pace is out there playing three dimensional chess. Like, hey, go tweet a picture of Dalton make it say QB1 so no one thinks that we'll be drafting a quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the way it went, but just a, a little bit of Elijah logic for you. Um, other teams, by the way, that I think did a really good job in the draft, I think the Chargers did a great job. I yeah. Know Noah, I know Noah's not a big Slater guy, but he does fill a position of need. And also Heard to that team, great role to fill. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, the Chargers in general, say what you want about them, they usually do well various position players their big thing is just situational football which costs them um and then getting asante samuel jr is like so late in the draft that's huge i think that's a huge pick for them he can learn a lot from a lot of their veteran corners and um they have uh, i think they still have chris harris it's uh, perfect slot guy to learn from derwin um, james i was i was gonna say that that's a that's a great point that you mentioned derwin too because healthy. They, they they derwin james and asante samuel jr missed each other at florida state by a year and yeah. but they still watch each other on tape, so they're hyped. Familiarity, absolutely. So, oh yeah, they got a lot of um, huge. They got some, they got some really nice um, depth in the secondary now. It's just like if only it's really all about Derwin James staying healthy at this point. Like if he could stay healthy, they could have a really formidable defense, um, which is super important when it comes to stopping the Chiefs. Um, you know, especially like you know you got Mahomes back there and. Um, the Chargers did a pretty good job of this last year with, um, you know, Bosa and Ingram were getting to Mahomes pretty well. They were containing him um, and they lost, but by a long field goal in overtime, I think this year the Chargers did a good job addressing um, certain things that can help those games with Kansas city tilt in their direction a little bit more. So not saying that the Chargers are going to overtake the chiefs because I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do think that they are more equipped than they were before the draft uh, to do just that. Although the Chiefs had a good draft too, I think. But they also give their first-year head coach, Brandon Staley, a lot of options to work with. So, oh, no yeah. doubt about it. And, and he did a great job with the Rams um, the past year, especially. So putting him in that role now and basically giving him the flexibility to say, hey, we're Tom Telesco, the GM, we're going to go get that Rashawn Slater who – people had as one of the best offensive linemen even though of course no gross didn't and also getting us i don't dislike slater i, I, I don't what I dislike was people saying slater should be going over sewell that was the most that was the that might have been the single most ridiculous draft take i've heard in the last 10 years genuinely genuinely oh yeah no i completely agree i mean we're genuinely important that you're genuine and is going you know he might go above so you're genuine like guys on nfl network saying that what are you talking about Another pick I really liked is the Bucks taking um, Kyle Trask. 
Yeah. So happy to see my boy go there, man. Born and raised a Gator. Uh, my dad went there in college. I'm a huge Gator fan. Love seeing Trask get to stay in state, you know, learn from Tom a little bit. Go to, and more importantly, not maybe not more importantly, Bruce, than learn from Tom, but long term more than Tom, play for Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. It's a big deal for a young quarterback. Oh, yeah. Which is probably the QB or the coach in waiting there in Tampa, too. I would, who, I would who say. Who as well he should be. The fact that he doesn't have a job, the fact that Todd Bowles doesn't have a job, you know, it, it really is crazy that they have such a talent, uh, just a depth of talent on that staff when you like go through all their staff it's stunning how much there really is there also i just want to say um in terms of um well if y'all are cool with moving on to another team no yeah no i was just thinking about one totally um one that comes to mind for me i think is the carolina panthers I i really like what they did um i think jc horn really solid pick at corner especially at a position of need um i think that was really important that they um, they bolstered that secondary um, because they, well, I mean, their defense isn't quite as ferocious as it needs to be, but, you know, they got a physical corner who's not afraid to tackle, which I think is a very solid pick, um, especially with uh, Dante Jackson, who's good and fast, but seems to get injured a lot. I think that's a nice, um, I think that's a nice uh, juxtaposition, for lack of a better term. Uh, because of their different styles of play. Um, also, I really like what they did with um, getting Terrace Marshall all the way at pick 59. Yeah, what a – wow, 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 wow. Standing pick for one of the more underrated players in the draft. He could have gone in the first round and no one would have blinked an eye. Oh, yeah, no, I would have I would have been happy if the Bears took him in the first right, round. Right, yeah, Baltimore could have taken him. No one would have blinked yeah. an eye. Oh, yeah, but uh, now he, he's going to be going to the Panthers. Great um, play for just – where they already have some good receivers, but he'll be a really nice weapon for uh, Sam Darnold. And now it's like, I mean, pressure's all on Darnold to succeed, get these playmakers the ball, and I think he will. I really think he will. And then they address their need at tackle. They got a BYU guy. Um, And um, they really just – they went with a lot of really good, safe picks later rounds. Um, Yeah. They got that that big guy that – like a good – Defensive. Oh, Nixon. That's right. The Iowa defensive tackle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Really solid player. The D tackle. Like the D tackle. You know, class wasn't great, but there were guys there to fill roles. Oh yeah, and there were a lot of guys who fill space, and that's not really absolutely a lot of big boys. Thing, but Nixon does have a good bit of athleticism. Um, and um, oh, and then they got Deontay Brown you know, again, from Alabama. Size, size, size. Like, all the way around six. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really like I'm really liking a lot of what the Panthers did. And even though they are statistically the most volatile team on a yearly basis in NFL history, thank you, John Boyce, um, they are still I, – I, if I had to predict, I think they're going to have a really good season with this draft and with all the weapons that they already have. So Yeah, I know. I, I really like – their draft was similar to one of my favorite drafts from, from this year, which was Cincinnati. I thought they had a really underrated draft. Getting just, I think people are forgetting – how really ridiculous Jamar Chase is. Like, Jamar Smith is awesome. I'm so thrilled to have him. Jamar Chase is significantly oh, yeah. better. He's what significantly better than every receiver in this class. We have to say that in a minute because I think I think Freeman wanted to say something about the the, the Panthers. Sure, I, I sure, did sure, want to sure. say something quickly about the Panthers that they also got Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round who regarded as one of the yeah. best running backs in all of college football from Oklahoma State. A guy who was actually going to hold out um, this past season because of a lot of controversy going on within the program. But he ended up coming back playing, having a really good campaign for the Cowboys. So, and 
with Christian McCaffrey getting injured last year and Mike Davis being the one who stepped up. Now Davis is gone. He's in Atlanta. Chuba Hubbard can fill that backup role in the case, God forbid, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt again. So I like him going straight from Oklahoma State to the pros. Wait, it's Chuba and not Chuba? It's Chuba Hubbard. From Dang Chuba. It. Not Chuba Hubbard. As in no, Chuba. Not, not Chuba Hubbard. Chuba. But, but you know what's funny Chuba about Hubbard him, too? Different. He's from Canada. So. Oh, hey. You know, hey. and to Freeman's point that I think is, is a sort of underrated point of the pick is you have Matt Rule there. He's trying to establish a culture. You get someone like Hubbard in there who, to your point, has been through sort of a controversy within within his team, having to deal with that spotlight, having to deal with the ramifications of it. I think getting a guy in like him really helps to build a culture. Oh, no question. No question. And I think that's one of those guys who – like he he's not McCaffrey, but he could do a lot of the same things McCaffrey does. Yeah, electric player, absolutely yeah. electric. Surprised he fell to the fourth round, to be honest. Stunned, but stunned. I, I I still want to hear what you had to say, Noah, about the Bengals because again, you you hit it right on the head with your mock about Jamar Chase. I I had Sewell going in that fifth spot, but Chase and Burrow hooking up again is going to be something really fun to watch. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to jump in like that. I just I'm just so excited about the Bengals draft. I just got excited. In- you know, Chase, I, I can't put it into words what a big fan of I am. I think he's so phenomenally talented. If the Eagles had stayed there and or even moved up to get him, I would have taken I think he's so great. But, you know, that's sort of someone everyone knows. I really love the rest of their draft. Passing on him, in passing on Sewell in the first meant they had to go lineman on day two. They did it right away in the second round, getting uh, Carmen out of Clemson. Not sure where he'll play, but I like him a lot as a player. Osai, the rusher out of Texas, I'm a huge fan. Big upside, big motor. And then uh, Tyler Shelvin. And then to speak to Elijah's earlier point about big boys in this in this year's draft, Tyler Shelvin played at like 240 when he was at uh, when he was the defensive tackle at LSU. Grabbed him in the fourth round. Trey Hill, the center at Georgia, played at like 330. Just getting some big maulers in there. That just that just makes the offensive line coach in me happy. Oh yeah, and I think you said two. Shelvin, I think it's 346 is his weight. I think he said like 220. Oh, no, sorry. I meant, I meant, sorry, I meant like three. I, I meant like 320. He's, he's a, I think my understanding. Off, you were only off by about played, one third of his body Yeah, weight. only 100 pounds. What are 100 pounds here and there, right? Okay, right. Yeah. I think my, my understanding is that he's at 345, and they're going to want him to play around like 330. But, yeah, just sort of that uh, uh, Dame Harrison, Michael Pierce, Hey, also, hey, they got here and don't let anyone move you. I, and I love that for the Bengals to have in the NFC North when you're going to have guys running the ball. Like, it just makes so. I, I really, I love that pick. And then we also Trey got, Hill also got our boy Trey Hill. And then Trey Hill, another mauler out of Georgia. You know, oh, yeah. probably needs to lose a little bit of weight to be able to move in that scheme. But man, when he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. Struggles to get to the second level and is kind of a liability in pass protection. But man, if you say, hey, we're running a dive move this guy over there he's gotten him over there nine times out of ten the Bengals should really I, I expect them to be running the ball a good bit this year with Joe oh, with that backfield and with, and you know with the fact that Burrow's knee is Burrow's knee absolutely that's why I'm still skeptical obviously I think Jamar Chase is an outstanding player but I still would have prioritized getting sure protection so I think it's interesting because in I, still, draft. I still like T Higgins a lot yeah yeah absolutely you know? Absolutely. But I think that's sort of the point. And that's sort of actually the point. There is sort of this idea that it could have been a good pick or a bad. These two things can coexist. It can both be a great pick because Jamar Chase is electric and will provide a spark to that offense. And it's a hookup for all the reasons. And 
it was also not could it be argued not a good pick because they passed on a generational offensive tackle. Those two points can coexist. And again, to put to your point just now, last year in the second round, they grabbed Hugh Higgins early in the first round, who ended up being a really solid contributor as a rookie. In this year's draft, they grabbed an offensive tackle in the second round. So we have we have evidence that this works and this formula, not maybe not necessarily the positions, but the pass on this position, come back and get it early in a round because they contribute. We've seen that work for the Bengals just last year, which is why I really, again, why I just love the Bengals draft. I love how the way they thought it through and prioritized things. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, now with Higgins and Chase, like that is a very, very strong wide receiver combo. People forget, even without Joe Burrow for a lot of the games last year. And Josh Boyd, don't forget. What a monster. Higgins had very respectable 67 uh, catches, almost 1,000 yards. Great for a rookie. Um, Just a really, yeah, really, really solid season. And, I I mean, you know, put him next to Chase now. And, like like you said, like, you don't necessarily need – like, the Lions obviously got Panay Sewell, who – like you said, has the chance to be a generational talent at left tackle. Having said that, that doesn't mean the Lions are all of a sudden going to be good. Like the Bengals are right. still in a better position to succeed than the Lions are. Although I do think the Lions sense. had a pretty good draft too. I do think the Lions had a good draft too. Definitely. But the Lions are just like, I mean, they're generally failures. So hoping that continues. I love their draft. I got to tell you, I, especially their one through their first through third rounds might be my favorite one through three in the entire, in the entire league, especially that third round pick Melon Fonwu from Clemson or from uh, Syracuse corner safety hybrid. I love that pick. Oh yeah. They, they definitely did a good job. Thing is they are the lions. So right, I, they're, like, they're the lions. How do you mess this up? You get a generational offensive talent. You get a six, three big outside corner. You get a pair of defensive tackles. One's, that big mauler ones that you know speed oh they got the awesome guys. on paper but they are the lions that's yeah. what you have to remember exactly although i will say i mean uh that uh they got that usc receiver who i like amon saint rock and so they of my one through four rounds the lions probably have my favorite one through four of anyone in the nfl love saint rod usc doesn't do anything great does everything really really well i was surprised about the mcneil and the uh Levi, I still can't say his name. Owns Yeah, I'm still surprised they both they went uh, defensive tackle. Both. So it's interesting. It's because they are really diametrically opposed as what they do. Uh, you know, I believe it's Onzerike is the one who is the one. Yeah, I'm correct. Onzerike is the one who's that she plays at like 285, 290 pass rusher Grady Jarrett mold. And then uh, the other guy took is like 320 nose. So it makes sense. They're going to play very different roles and play next to each other in that defense. I think it made a lot of sense for them. All right. I, I agree with that. that. That makes sense. That That is. It's like taking a man a really, corner really, and a, a zone really corner. You know what I mean? That's a really, really good scouting report, actually, because that's. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. I go way hard on like the day three picks and stuff. Like, like, day, like that's where I have my fun. First couple rounds just sort of have an idea of what's gonna happen i like finding the little guy the diamonds in the rough so to speak that's fun for me and they got a lot of my diamond in the rough players melon fonwu was my biggest diamond in the rough player in the entire draft i loved loved on tape. he's just fun to watch he just hurt he just gets in the backfield like how did you okay you're there i just love what they did in the draft really and oh, then yeah. not having fifth and sixth round picks knowing we need to hit on one through four doing so i think is extremely commendable but again the lions so they'll probably all end up being terrible and all end up looking stupid in five years 
Just wondering, how did you feel about uh, Thomas Graham from Oregon for the Bears, the corner? Liked him, didn't love him. I think he is someone who is going to come in and definitely can be like your CB4. I don't see him ever being anything more than like that. Than, like, I think what he is now is what he is. Like, if you need him to come in and start four games and then come in and, and finish off two others, he can do that. Start right. more than eight games, never going to be that guy. That's that's fair. So it was like a, a solid Which is fine for his value. We went in the fourth round, I believe. Oh, no, sixth. Yeah, yeah. So for a six-round corner like that, it's perfectly fine. Uh, I comped him, actually, I comped him to uh, Jalen Mills, an Eagles seventh-round pick from years ago, who's who was sort of an integral part to that team. Um, but, yeah, I think what he is is what he is, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. The one thing is, like, he did opt out last year, which is why his draft I, I personally him. don't hold opt-outs against guys to say, look, there's a global pandemic happening, and right. I just don't want to prioritize playing a game right now. I can get that, and I wouldn't hold it against them. With that being said, I understand a more traditional organization going, nope, I'm sorry, I need he doesn't want it, or I need tape. I, I get the argument. I don't agree with them personally. That's fair. And uh, I want to talk more uh, also. I want to ask Noah Friedman, uh, yeah. how did you feel about your team, your, your Colts? Uh, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, they were pretty solid. I thought that they still should have gotten Tevin Jenkins in that first round, but it unfortunately went to the Bears, but I, I like the Quiddy Pay uh, pick at, at, at 21. I said that it addressed the second most needed uh, option for the Colts, which was defensive end. And uh, I was talking actually to one of my Fox Sports colleagues, Jordan Palmer, about this, um, the yeah. brother of former quarterback Carson Palmer. And he's yeah. like, so what did you think of the pick? And I told him exactly what I told you guys just now. And he's like, yeah, the Colts really haven't had a pass rusher in forever. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's true. Like yeah, you can't really measure uh, up to Dwight Freedy or Robert Mathis, but even since then, the Colts haven't had a pass rusher. I mean, they tried Bjorn Warner in the uh, 2012 uh, NFL draft, and that didn't end up working out too well, um, the defensive end out of Florida State. So that was the last time the Colts ended up going uh, pass rusher in the first round, and it just flamed out. So hopefully this Quiddy Pay pick will be good. The only problem was he had a lot of medical history, and that's the reason why he ended up dropping as low as he did. But it ended up checking out and he ended up being okay. And it was definitely one of the best moments of the draft for me because they showed his pick and then they interviewed him afterwards and he had his mom there and his mom had been busting her butt to make sure that Quiddy could get the types of dreams that he was looking for. And um, Quiddy ended up saying, you know what, you're retiring, you know, because I just got picked. So this was oh, one, of the, one of the best moments in the awesome. entire draft. So cool. You, you uh, live for those moments, right? You, you do. Absolutely. And I guess another notable pick that the uh, Colts ended up doing was getting Sam Ellinger, the Texas quarterback. Well, Texas. Yeah, so I, I, I like the pick. Um, this was basically just a comp because Jacoby Brissett left and went to Miami. And yeah. the only other quarterback on the roster of relevance is Jacob Eason, who I thought should have gotten playing time last year with everything going on, but he hasn't actually. I'm curious on what you thought he, of what your thoughts on him was, because I liked him. He's got all the stuff you want. You know what I mean? He just never really did anything. To, he never he kind of had all the tools, never built the house when he was in college, if that makes sense. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. And I thought that yeah. he was so ready to be in the NFL as a quarterback. And absolutely transferring from his transfer to Washington. And I thought that playing in that pro style offense that Chris, Chris Peterson ran was was good. And you know what? It just hasn't panned out. That's the only thing I can really think of, honestly. It's just there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of uh, good things going on in the quarterback room. But now sure. that he's kind of moved on to the backup now, and if Carson Wentz ends up not doing as well as people might think, 
he could see him being thrown in there, but having Ellinger in there too could give him a little bit of a push as well. Great pick, great guy to have in the organization. What's sort of the reaction been? I'm curious because just because speaking about the Colts, which is your team, obviously, what's the reaction been to the Sean Davis pick? Because as a Gator fan, I watched him the last couple of years, and I've watched quite a bit, and I always I'm always curious where my Gators go. Sure, and and I think another it just goes back to another position of need. The fact that Malik Hooker, who was the Colts' first round pick a couple of years ago, has not really played a whole lot. He's been pretty injury prone and is now not on the team anymore. Right. That was just an option for the the Colts to do in the in those late rounds. So I, I like the pick, and of course, like we said, except it's like a truck. It's like an absolute truck, man. I mean, find himself out of position and is kind of a liability in coverage. But if you say, hey, be a box safety and hurt someone, he'll do it for you and do it in spades. Yeah, and, and you, you can always tell me more about um, any Florida pick. And and, I, and I'm glad that he's now with the Colts, too, because I, I like him in that. Um, Florida DBs tend to do pretty football. decently in the NFL. So uh, we'll see if he can be sort of next in line. Yeah. Also, I want to say one thing about the Colts. They got my favorite name in the draft in Will Fries. Just a great, great name. Who nice doesn't love one. Fries, it's, a nice right? one. it's a good, solid name. Late round pick. We'll see how he does. And I mean, oh, yeah. he, he, he played at Penn State, I believe it was, right? It's like the Colts were able to say in the draft, like, hey, you want, you want fries with that? I'm uh, so sorry, fries. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Someone had to make a joke there. You know what? I, I think that's a great way to end off because, you know, we have this laugh. We've gone through. We've squeezed as much of the orange as we can. And we could talk about this for hours. We really can. We, we have talked about this for hours on end, if you include the last episode as well. But I think that everything has been hit nail on the head um i think overall we we all like what our teams have done and this is again another teaching experience for the nfl draft it's teams getting better who were not so great and i think that this draft kind of shows that so it'll be really interesting to see how everything pans out the next thing we have to look forward to uh for this nfl season is the schedule release on wednesday so absolutely uh, really excited to to kind of chop it up with you guys about that as well so um We'll see about that because that's coming out on Wednesday. But other than that, I think we've basically uh, done what we can do with this draft and we'll have to see how each guy performs and, and see if we're right down the road. We'll, we'll have to listen to this 10 years from now. I, yeah. I, I, and, you know, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, for those who have made it to the end and still listening, I think sometimes we forget that there are people listening to this. Yeah. Uh, if you guys will have me back next time sometime soon, I might have a little less uh, something to plug. So for those who just did, uh, just uh, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. We're definitely always looking to have guests and we're always looking to, um, you know, just just really have anyone on the show who likes talking sports because that's a uh, that's all of our favorite things to do. So um, definitely, definitely be looking to have you on again in the future. Noah Gross. Cause, yeah. uh, Thank you again for coming on. Noah. All you do is the, the little anchorman horn, just blow it and I'll come running. Just news team assemble and I'm there, boys. I was imagining more us closing our eyes and thinking about the eye emoji. You know, the ones like, oh, this, we're, we're, we're looking at it. It's, it's, it's coming. Oh. We'll see. But, that, you know, that's probably more accurate, frankly. Yeah. That's just me. That, that, that's how I think about it. But Whatever gets the job done for you, Friedman. In, in any case, listen to this on Anchor, because that's our, our main feature. Anchor! Anchor also goes out to Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. So, so, uh, Shout out to our Delta Gamma listeners. Throw the Anchor. That's yeah. right. I know stuff. I'm cool. Exactly. Make, make sure to tune in. But uh, for Noah Gross and Elijah Zalanki, this is Noah Friedman signing off on the latest episode of the Cross Country Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening.